Welcome to Talkie Talk, the podcast for the media by us.com. Joining me today is Chris. Hello. TJ. Hello. Got myself a Brent. Howdy. And my name is David, and on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about what we've been watching, along with the segment of the week's film, TV, and games news. But first, what y'all been watching, y'all? A bunch. Anyone want to go first? Sure. Um, I watched a couple of movies I just want to touch on real quick. Well, one I want to talk about a little bit. I, uh, I call it a rewatch, although I'm never sure if I actually saw it from beginning to end, but I watched Quiz Show. Uh, kind of oh, got yeah. bogged down on the, the Oscar race a little and tried to find a couple of movies to watch. Not as great as I remember it. Totoro is amazing. Performances are really good. It's been a while since I've seen it. It's also like pretty accurate. So if you know that little part mm-hmm. of history when the quiz show scandals of the fifties, it's pretty uh, boring, I guess. It takes a little bit of the bite out of the reveal, right? Also, all the crazy shit happens in the first like fifteen minutes, <laughs> and then it's just like the aftermath. Charles Dornan, what's his name? Yeah, Van Dorn. Van Dorn. But um, Dornish Prince. Yeah, it was good. I also watched a movie that I put on Facebook because it looks so dumb. Uh, on one of the groups a few months ago, 2017 movie called uh, Pottersville. <laughs> oh yeah, I had that downloaded to my phone for a while. I was like, I can see Michael Shannon in this. That'll be easy to watch on the go. And then it just expired, and I deleted it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty horrible. Tells the plot. Yeah, I was, I was gonna run through the plot of Pottersville real quick. It's uh, about a really sweet guy who runs a general store in a mill town. Where the mill is just closed. Um, the town is Pottersville. And uh, he's a really sweet guy. He runs a general store. Everybody's broke. And he like kind of lets people open up lines of credit and everything at the store. Mm-hmm. And he's it's a real sweet guy. This movie, by the way, stars Michael Shannon, Judy Greer, Thomas Lennon, Ron Perlman, Christina Hendricks, and Ian McShane. And, uh, Decent cast. Yeah, it came out last year. And nobody ever heard of it. Uh, but anyway, he goes home. He leaves work early. To go to his wife's house, played by Christina Hendricks, their house, to make her a nice, like, romantic dinner, but instead walks in on a furry party <laughs> that she is having um, with the sheriff, played by Ron Perlman. <laughs> this is this a horror movie? Ron Perlman is no. a furry? Is this <laughs> sequel to the Beauty and the Beast, the show? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So Ian McShane plays a, uh, a bootlegger, like, moonshine maker guy. He had given... Michael Shannon's character is moonshine, so he proceeds to get real drunk, go back to his general store where he inexplicably has a gorilla suit, which he puts on to say, like, I'll show her a furry party. And then he just drunkenly stumbles around town in a gorilla suit all night, which causes a uh, high rate of Bigfoot sightings mm-hmm. in the town. And all the tourists come <laughs> and make a bunch of money for the town, so he keeps doing it. <laughs> and then they realize it's him. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is awful. Um, I think my review on Letterboxd was why does why do good thi- why do bad things happen to good actors? Because it was just absolute garbage. An hour and a half long, just a horrible fucking movie. Time's horrible, up. Horrible I, premise. Time's up, man. I don't think Michael Shannon was drafted. I'm sure he chose the movie. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. It was real weird to keep seeing people I knew. I think like the director was a friend of his or something, just from like Chicago. Uh, the, something weird the director like doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Is it a kid's movie? Weird. Uh, no, they're furry parties. Like I know. multiple furry parties. So like the, <laughs> the 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 image on the 
on the cover. It looks like a Lifetime. It looks like yeah. it's a Lifetime or like a kids movie. <laughs> when like you a started, Christmas movie. So like last night when you started telling me the plot, I was like, mm, I don't know what movie I thought he was going to watch, but that doesn't sound like the description of it. It's 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 real real bad. There's not even like a reception section on the Wikipedia page for it. It just like came out and it's gone. That was it. That's the reception. Yeah. It's got a little bit of like It's a Wonderful Life kind of moments. Like they, everybody's mad at him for like faking the Bigfoot thing and his work assistant shows them the ledger where he kept all their tabs and it's just a blank book. Like he never wrote any of it down. It's like he cares about y'all. Blah, this is blah, blah, blah. bad bookkeeping. Yeah. He's going to get audited. In <laughs> and there's that part where someone says every time a furry jizzes, an angel gets its wings. They were very clear that one of the rules in the furry club was no sex, which is weird. They're just rubbing up on each other. There is no sex in the furry club. Uh, Second rule of furry club, there is no sex in the furry club. <laughs> the third rule of the furry club, everybody has to fight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's your, your first. first time. It's your first night. You gotta fight. You have to snuggle. <laughs> furry club, furry club. Uh, then I think I only watched one movie that I want to talk about in the Oscar race. Oh, slow week. I'm double checking on that. I watched a few shorts, but um, but I think we all watched Call Me by Your Name. Finally, is that yeah. correct? Yes. Yep. What do I think? I think it's a very beautiful movie. It's a, it's something that I had tried to watch before and just didn't have the the energy make it through mm-hmm. um, kind of lost interest but uh, there's there's a definite hump that when you get over it's just like a beautiful story yeah you kind of give yourself over to it it's like uh, it reminded me of Columbus a little bit and then it's got its own wavelength mm-hmm. it's a little meandering and you know it's a navel gazy you know it's Elio and Oliver they're like wealthy people that have don't really have concerns in the world Beautiful other people. than their own yeah. satisfaction, really. Yeah. But once you just like are in there, man, being in that Italian villa is so intoxicating. Just mm-hmm. that the landscape and everything. Beautiful yeah. setting. I think at some point Kelly was like, "Why can't we summer in Italy?" It's like, well, like, like look at the house. There was a scene where I guess Elio like walked out into the hallway, one of the first like wide shots they show the hallway, and it's like our bedroom could fit in that hallway, right? <laughs> It's like the most expensive thing in our house right now would probably pale in comparison to like one of the kitchen chairs. Yeah, <laughs> but expensive. I, but I, uh, I kind of loved it. Yeah, I kind of had a great time with it. It's very, very sensual movie too. Mm-hmm. Like uh, in the literal sense, like really obsessed with the senses uh, of everything you see. Like the sound was great. The sound was amazing. Yeah, the it sound. was like so intimate. Just like like the the sound of like fingers going across someone's like leg, or like the sound of the grass. It's just very, very. I don't know. Deep. <laughs> and when they go into town, also the sounds of like the cars going by and whatnot are mm-hmm. really. I don't know. It's yeah. noticeable during their... I think it's their first trip when they have, like... They're sitting at a table. On, I don't know if they're eating mm-hmm. or having coffee together or something. But it's... Uh, I remember noticing the sound on that. Yeah. I also thought it was really, really good. I thought it was great. Beautiful yeah. movie. Uh, slow and odd and beautiful, I think, is the three words that for everything about it. Would, it seems everybody liked it. Would it have made anybody's top ten? I think so. It creeped into my top... At number ten. 
I'm updating my top ten as I watch movies. Mm, so. Yeah, I think it would have been sort of one of those movies for me that was in contention, but not quite. So yeah. probably eleven to fifteen for me. Yeah, I haven't fully gone back with all the new movies I've seen, but uh, I think it'd probably be probably be in there. Nice. And I just love the uh, the two scenes I knew about going in. One was the Michael Stuhlbarg scene, and I was predicting him for so while, for so long. It's like, oh, I heard he's got this one scene that's like a great Oscar scene, and it. Definitely delivered. I love that scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He'd probably get my vote for supporting actor if he was nominated. Yeah, he is really good in that movie. Yeah. Even beside that scene, he's just so warm and like just an amazing dad. The rest of the movie. I love the. He's like, very like professorial too. Yeah, I love the uh, like the. I almost had sex with Marcy last night. <laughs> he's like, oh, almost. Well, what happened? <laughs> what prevented you? <laughs> yeah. Just like so inquisitive and. But still really grounded. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, he seems, like, like Socratic, but not to a fault as a father. Yeah. I love his face when they're pulling the statue out of the, uh, out of the sea. So giddy. He's so excited. Mm-hmm. It's, he's just like a, he's like a kid getting a new toy. It's mm-hmm. so great. Or when, uh, when Army Hammer, when Oliver goes on the, what I thought was kind of obnoxious, like, well, I'm going to talk about etymology for a second. And then, yeah. like, sorry to bore you. And it's like, we already were bored. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about etymology to get to this point. But then Stuhlbarg's reaction, he goes, top marks. Like, I just love that. Yeah. Like, blesses him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought the performances were absolutely outstanding. Yeah. Um, I loved Chef Chalamet. I didn't know how I was going to feel. I didn't really know what he had to do in this movie going in. I thought he was great. His character changed from, you know, normal 17-year-old boy, kind of like, fuck my parents, to like, the three or four times he would like, break down into his mom or his dad's arms. Yeah, when he called his mom from the train station. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. when his, when Stillbar's given the, right before the, the soliloquy. Yeah. And he kind of just buries his head in his hips. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It's, it is so comforting to do that sometimes. Yeah. He's yeah. a very he physical breaks. actor. He's just like, yeah. he just like, drips over like a chair or just like fades into some stuff, but he's so magnetic to watch. Yeah. Or drips into a peach. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I, I really liked um, kind of like the, the, the physical acting in like, I guess it was like the foreplay, but like when the two of them are in Ilya's room and mm-hmm. he's just like, you know, he's a 17 year old boy and Army Hammer's a man. And so like he keeps just trying to like, it looks like he's trying to climb him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know, it's, you know, very representative of his, like, age and naivety and... Yeah, inexperience. And yeah. It's like he wants something, but he doesn't physically know how to do it yet. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how to get it. Mm-hmm. And he also, he also feels really self-conscious about it, too, because, yeah. because uh, Oliver is so much older. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which is, it's, there's some, not, not that this is what we do here, but there's some funny differences in the book. Um, I guess funny is not the right word. But Oliver is, I think, like 24 in the book. And I think they say he's 27 in the movie, which is just, I think they probably aged up for the actor. Yeah. Um, and then the other one that I thought was, like, probably would have been hard to put in the movie is he actually eats the Jizzy Peach mm-hmm. in the book. Um, I feel like that would send audiences reeling a little more than they want them to. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, although I the, all the sex uh, was extremely, like, real. Yeah. Like, even him with uh, with his girlfriend. Marcy, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> on the where she just starts like cackling, uh, laughing the, afterwards on yeah. the dirty hepatitis so, mattress. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little awkward, but yeah. I mean, that's it. It's awkward. Yeah, that's yeah. It. yeah. When you're 17, you're, you're having sex. It's it's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> it is awkward. <laughs> yeah. So to all the kids out there listening, you think your first time is going to be important and fun. I mean, it's cool. Sometimes like you're going to be cool if you do it. <laughs> yeah. Just don't. I mean, all your all your friends are doing it. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then also Army Hammer. I thought it was great in that. He was I great. did too. I thought he was really good. I, you know, he was sort of the Perf- man now perfectly for the, cast. I feel like for the a, award yeah. stuff. I it was a beautiful man. So easy to fall in love with <laughs> when you're watching that movie. Yeah. He's like a Greek god. Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if the nominees kind of split between him and Stolberg, and that's why neither one got in. Hmm. Stolberg didn't get in. No. Mm-hmm. Neither of them did. Mm-hmm. Just shallow man. Oh. Is Stillborg nominated for something else? No. He got the he won the Talkie Talk John C. Riley Award. <laughs> That's it. Stillborg has never been nominated. Oh, yeah, still. Just crazy. His his day will come. He's <laughs> he's making great movies and he's a great actor. Kelly and I were flipping through movies the other day and we were going, Oh, Stillborg. <laughs> like he just is in so many movies just as like that guy. We turn on Doctor Strange in passing. It's like, oh, Stuhlbarg. Mm-hmm. He's the doctor who fixes his hands. To, to bring him back, I like the ending too. Was, I did too. We've seen it a lot of times now, like that kind of ending, but uh, I thought it was really good. I love his change from him in the summer as this like little preppy guy who's wearing like early J. Crew stuff to like he's like full new wave he's like an entirely different person by winter well yeah because Oliver told him that he saw I forget I should know but what what artist was it that he, and then he went dancing in the street yeah I mean it was also it was there it was yeah. the time period is there for this mm-hmm. change of like early 80s to mid 80s yeah. new wave um, also like uh, you know non-acceptance of gays to a Time period in the mid '80s, late '80s, or a little more accepted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, androgynous pop stars. So, well, the setting was really important as far as time goes mm-hmm. to that movie. But I liked it. Yeah, it was, it was a beautiful film, for sure. It's the best actor is fucking stacked this year. I still haven't seen Darkest Hour, but maybe it'll come up later. Maybe. But it's, everybody's been great that I've seen. All, all three performances I've seen have been amazing. Um, I, I do want to say that that the that the closing credits like happen over his like crying face, like the entire closing credits. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just a really beautiful shot, framed well with him in the foreground and his family setting up for a like Hanukkah dinner. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's not just him crying, it's him, like, trying to hold it back. Yeah. Try to, like, swallow emotion a little bit. Yeah. You see it in his face, like, He's trying to bite that. his lip and stuff. But... Yeah, stick the tongue inside your mouth, kind of. That, mm-hmm. that scene is so long, and he had, seems like he has that, like, tear in his eye for so long. It's really impressive. Yeah, it's like the tar pitch experiment. You're just, like, waiting for it to drop. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely recommend that movie. Yeah. What else did you watch? Uh, that's it that I want to talk about. I mean, there are a couple other things I want to wait for people to see so we can discuss them, but... Okay. You got you got back into Hearthstone, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I did start playing some Hearthstone again, doing some dungeon runs, which is neat. Chris has talked about it, I think, on the podcast before. But it's uh, a new thing where you can kind of um, it's like a solo adventure, yeah, aspect of Hearthstone, which they've never really done before for free. Um, you kind of build your card deck as you go, and the 
the, the big bads get harder and harder and harder as you go. It's, it's fun. And you build a better and better deck. Yep. You get, like, something new every time you beat somebody. It's funny. There's a game on the horizon. It's, it's an early access that I want to play. It's basically just Dungeon Run, um, but it's, like, a separate game. It's 15 bucks. It's called Slay the Spire that a lot of Hearthstone streamers are playing in some off time. Um, but it looks neat, and I'm going to check it out and let's see if you want to check it out, too. Yeah. But I want to remake up Hearthstone because... More people playing games at this table is good yeah. in my eyes. But anyway, Brent, you were saying? You oh, stuff? yeah, I'll go. Um, <clears throat> there's really only one movie I want to talk about that I watched, uh, and it's uh, Coco. Finally watched Coco. I watched Coco, too. Yeah, so we've all seen Coco. We've all seen Coco. Um, I was surprised by how much I loved Coco. I, I kind of was ready for it, to, even though Chris gave it a very good review, I know, when he saw it, I was kind of just assumed it would be for me sort of a middle of the pack Pixar movie yeah, instead same. instead it's 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 up there it's it's a really good movie it's one of my favorites mhm yeah the uh i think the theme of the movie really just i don't know touched me mm-hmm. the same theme as fast and the furious movies it's family remember <laughs> remember family <laughs> keep, a, yeah, keep memories alive it's pretty complicated uh, themes for again for a Pixar movie, and you have like murder, betrayal, al- like dementia and stuff, all in this like fun dayglow package. Mm-hmm. But grief and it's just uh, really well done. I love mm-hmm. a movie that is is a kids movie that handles death so responsibly, mm-hmm. especially like not just like you know off screen character death, but like the death of loved ones in your family. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> in a really mature way that they, you know, they don't, they handle it with, you know, kid gloves. They full on embrace, like, you're going to lose people in your family. You have to remember them. They have to be on the ofrenda. Yeah, there's even a touching moment. I won't get into who it is, but there's a family member that kind of passes away off screen mm-hmm. that I think is handled very, uh, very well. Yeah. It's, it's kind of touching. It's a, a sad moment that is almost framed in a happy way. Mm-hmm. Which was which was cool. It's kind of the, uh, the the essence of the Dia de Muertos, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I man. thought the music was great too. Yeah, I, I, was, gonna, too. I was, was gonna say in a year where it's like fine, give Pixar the song and the animation Oscar, which they seem to always get, and you watch this movie and you're like, yeah, <laughs> earned. As good as that song was, and man, that I nearly cried during the maybe the second or third performance of the song. The one the the performance you remember most mm-hmm. of "Remember Me." Um, I think I still like uh, me uh, un poco loco maybe. I love that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, so fun. It's a fun song. It's not original, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a, a lot I, of them are traditional, right? Right, Mexican songs. Uh, well, their performance of it though was just so fun in that movie. And yeah. I, I loved the uh, when he's when they're talking to that to that like old bag of bones. And he's like, "Oh, come on, play that song for me again." <laughs> like the Juanita song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Everyone like, knows Juanita. It's like her bones sag to the floor. It's like her bones. It's like we're playing it for the kids. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Man, that scene was super sad. Yeah. 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 And the little chicharron. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I. So now that y'all have seen it, when the when he finally gets to cross the bridge. Yeah. And she is like so happy and proud that he gets to go back. The like customs agent, the, mm-hmm. not not really a character in the movie. That's where I lost in the theater and started tearing up when she was just like, "Go on, Hector!" Like I'm mm-hmm. so happy. And it's like, uh, I love it when everybody's nice to everybody, <laughs> especially in the beginning of that movie when I was like 
in the theater, like, I'm going to fucking walk out. They break the kid's goddamn guitar again. <laughs> I was, like, so angry at his grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> I was super pissed. I also like, uh, it's kind of fun how you can see in the family how everyone got to how they look. I think they did a good job yeah. of sourcing the family. Yeah, it's like cool. the square jawed like Uncle uh, Julio is like where the grandma starts to get her look from, and there's the really angular like a uh, uh, abuelita that's like the big matriarch that you have some of the people that look like that, and you have some blends. Mm. I think they did a good job trying to make the family look like family. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I was just obsessed about the genetics of Coco. <laughs> <laughs> Pixar's Pixar's doing a really good job at that like. Uh, making that that thing that's annoying that's for like the 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 child humor like really good mm-hmm. like I know that that Kelly thinks that Hey Hey from Moana is just fucking hilarious the, the, the chicken yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Alan Tudyk's uh, one of his voice credits of last year nice <laughs> I think he was a triple last yeah year. he was Rogue One and... um. They do. I mean, I was, I was reading a little bit about how many movies they get that that studio pass pitched a year to them by like internal, you know, mm-hmm. creators. Uh, it's a ton, and they say no to most of them. Yeah, like they're super picky. Like the story has to matter. It's you know got to be something that they want to tell, right? Uh, or they won't make the movie. And it shows when they just don't, you know, except for cars, where they're just like, give me that money. <laughs> I think that's like money, a, please. It's John Laster thing. Like he directed that himself. Yeah. Like he, that's just a personal pet project of his. And it's only Coco is only the second like uh, cultural uh, Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. I think I saw it on the IMDb trivia. Oh no, the one was like uh, Brave deals with like Scottish heritage or mm-hmm. Irish heritage. Everything else is just like. Non-cultural. Well, it's white it's, people. It's, right. it's almost like absent because it's like yeah, yeah. here's a family of rats. Here's a couple of robots in the future. I was say, most of it's just like total fiction. Yeah, 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 not many that takes place in the real world. Inside Out, I guess. Cars. Yeah. yeah. Post apocalyptic. <laughs> I heard. I did hear someone. Uh, I'm gonna. I don't know why I want to play out this whole argument without including any of you. But someone say that they didn't think that Coco was a very original movie because there was some animated movie that came out like a couple years ago um, that was all about the Dia de los Muertos. I forget what it's called now. The but Book of Life. Book yeah. of Life. I've seen it. It's actually, it's got uh, Diego Luna in it. Yeah. yeah. And this other one has Gabriel Garcia Bernal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so. The E2 mom boys. Uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, I know that the. They've been working on Coco. This team's been working on Coco for something like eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, their interviews with uh, like directors from Pixar, and at a certain point, they're like, "Oh, we're really excited about this next about like one of our next movies because it focuses about like on like Mexican culture." And it's an interview from like 2011. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's cool that this movie, long time in the making. So good. I'm also glad it's called Coco. Did you guys read that uh, they wanted to call it Dia de Muertos and Disney trademark Dia de Muertos, Dia de los Muertos, and everyone is like, "You can't, uh, can't do that." That's literal. That's legal appropriation of <laughs> yeah. our culture. Then they called it Coco. Coco wound up being a great name for it because yeah, it's 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 a it's not. I don't know. It's like a little misleading, and then when you realize. What the relevance of Coco is? It's it's kind of touching. Yeah. 
Um, Coco. Mama Coco. Yeah, that's uh, that's really it. That's all I've, I wanted to talk about. Call Me By Your Name and Coco. Those are the only two movies, really. Hmm. And uh, no, no TV for me. No games. No, just just some Madden here and there. Well, I really don't think I have anything I want to talk about. I've got some some watches where one or two of you are going to complete it. I watched a lot of shorts yesterday. <laughs> so whenever we get around to talking shorts, I will have forgotten them. But they're short enough I can watch them again. The video shorts. Yep, just closing out categories. And uh, I know you guys are on the cusp. So I'm going to save it. I'm going to say that I've been playing a game that I really like. What's that? I've been playing a game called Celeste, which is really neat. It's a pixely platformer. Hmm. Um, the only mechanics are that you can jump and you can dash once in the air. And each kind of level plays with that. So like the first level, there's these like mechanical things. And when you stand on them, they kind of like slide really hard in one direction. So if you're holding on to the side of it and it like hits the end of its thing, you get flung off. So you get extra distance that way. And it just plays with mechanics. The second level, mm-hmm. uh, there's these blocks that when you start dashing into them, it keeps your momentum and direction until you get go all the way through it. Hmm. So you have to kind of plan your jumps one step further ahead for that section. But it's really cool. It's really tight. Um, you die a lot. It even has a death counter at the end of every level um, to embarrass you. Um, <laughs> it says, like, failure is learning. Is uh, it a constant running game, or do you... No, okay. it's it's just... You know, it's just a straight-up platformer. There's, okay. like, there's individual stages that kind of serve as, like... Um, like the Super Meat Boy stage, mm-hmm. it'll be like, you know, this one's just like a square. The next one is like rectangular. Then there's some that kind of like wrap around that you have mm-hmm. to do in one go. Because if you die, you go back to the beginning. But like Super Meat Boy, you die a lot. The respawn's pretty instant, and you start back over. But it's really good. What's the platform? Uh, Steam. Uh, I think it's available on. I don't know. It's available on other stuff, but I've been playing it on PC. Is uh, does that movie have a really good soundtrack, or that video game have a really good soundtrack? It does. Okay, I think I read something about that. It, was, it described it as uh, the greatest video game music to like to do work to. Hmm. Like they said, it, it's a phenomenal soundtrack for uh, for just doing work, which was I thought interesting. Hmm. Nice. Um, a lot of people like doing that because you know it's it's music that's intended to like s- stimulate you but also yep yeah, that's it yeah um but not uh not distract not distract so so i've actually heard of this game because the reviews were so good mm-hmm. um and i was trying to find stuff about the uh developers uh, matt makes games yeah is that like a thing because i couldn't really find much on it or is this like his first go kind of as far as I know, um, you know, developers move through companies. Sure. Um, and sometimes when they branch off or split off, they make their own production company because they have a game they want to release. And then depending on that success, they fold or whatever. So you get a lot of these like small uh, pop-up cool. uh, developers. But, I mean, he has, a, he, he, he has a pedigree. I just don't know it. Okay. Or that company. Yeah, like they've got a bunch of credits. Oh, it's done by the people who made uh, Towerfall, which is a... I remember Towerfall. Yeah, it's like a four-player, uh, multiplayer, sure. uh, like arcade-style game. But 
Yeah, I like Celeste a lot. Fifteen bucks. Cool. Um, I'm check it out. Listen to the soundtrack too, because it's that like, you know, it's the the whole point of the game is you're climbing a mountain, so it's very like atmospheric and mm-hmm. you know, trip hoppy, finito. Uh, and then uh, I guess it's to me now. Mm-hmm. I I finally got around to uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, mm-hmm. and I uh, loved it. Nice. I thought it was really good. I was ready to backlash it, but I couldn't. <laughs> I just think it's really well constructed little morality play. Yeah, I love the. Uh, I mean, I've been broken record on it, but like, love the string of bad decisions, and that every mm-hmm. character continuously makes bad decisions, and they know they're bad right when they make them, right when it's too late. Mm-hmm. Right, like uh, even um, Samara Weaving is that her name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, why do you get out of the car to go inside? Yeah. Like to go pee, just hold it. It's like the instant she's in the house, she knows it's she's like, "What did I, like, I come here?" <laughs> yeah. And uh, only other thing I saw was uh, something I wrote up for the site: the Cloverfield Paradox, the nice. movie that came up uh, immediately after the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Have any of you seen it yet? Not really, get, like tearing up the charts, is it? It's not, and it's not really worth. Uh, I think I ended up. It's my first review. I've ended up on the not worth your watch list. Uh, unless you're a Cloverfield completionist or you just are, you know, really into that kind of thing. There's nothing new there. At the same time, it's kind of fun. Um, it's <laughs> weird. Movies that, like that are weird. It's weird that this is how Netflix, like, uh, chose to have their moment with this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, the surprise release of, like, albums is almost like a standard now to get everyone talking about something. And uh, with a stream, a platform that lacks the ability to um, engage with critical community and fans at the same time, like uh, like you know a movie premiering or something, that this was the movie that they were they're like you know spending all their chips on for for that is just interesting to me. It's a really like um, well, you guys can see it. I think it, they really tack on the Cloverfield part of it to a degree where you. Feel it more than I've ever felt it. Huh. Ten Cloverfield Lane, my favorite parts were the original Valencia parts, I guess. The ending wasn't my favorite. Um, where, yeah. you, where it actually, you know, takes the, is it real, is it not, and just, like, gives you the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is even more uh, obvious. You can tell where the original movie was and the Cloverfield part was. Huh. At the same time, you know, production design and some of the effects are kind of fun. When you're on the ship, and I'm a sucker for things on a ship, love uh, gravity, event horizon, all those kind of stuff, alien movies. Yeah. Kooky stuff happens on a ship. Event horizon is one of those that I don't know, I'll never watch again. This, well, yeah, I watched it for the first time when I was like a bad age, like 11, 12, yeah. and I was just like, <laughs> no! Why does he flayed? Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. I think we watched it early, and I just thought, like, everyone knows this is a horror classic. It's, it's a classic movie, right? It's like, no, it's just kind of like a cheesy movie. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Watch it if you want. Wasn't all that thrilled with it. I don't think it's worth the... I don't think it's worth the critical lambasting it's getting as much as, like, a more apathy. Um, I think people are just, we're, like, ready to really go after Netflix, especially, and this was just the conduit for it. Yeah, I think I've seen... Some of the negative reviews I've seen have talked about Netflix releasing 80 movies this year, and... Uh, Netflix's marketing campaign for this movie, which have nothing to do with the quality of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I read the movie it. could be, just be a mild disappointment, which is what it kind of sounds like it was for you. Just like a, somewhere in the middle, but just not great. Um, but there, they, I mean, it's it is it's getting hammered on the on Rotten Tomatoes and whatnot. Right? Yeah, I think like David Ehrlich's review only mentions Netflix for like almost the entire review, and then talks about the movie just a little bit. Yeah. I think people are just like treat the movie theater as so sacrosanct that I think people are a little out of touch with how movies kind of fit into the next generation's lives. It's like they love movies, but it's like you know that's for myself. I love movies, but I would rather stream it just because of how my life is right now. It's it's such a bizarre argument to me because people uh, will lambaste Netflix for like oh eighty movies were released last year that were Netflix originals and most of them were shit. And it's like, okay, but they're not, like, they're a content distribution platform. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, everyone understands that, like, iTunes sucks. But if they decide to start producing, like, records, like, you know, it's like, like why, why are we calling the quality into question when you've got studios like, <clears throat> not Miramax. Uh, they're, they're not doing much. Um, like, 20th Century Fox, where, like, yeah, 20th Century Fox is going to release, like, 30 movies next year and most of them are going to be crap yes. most movies aren't like great yeah I think like just I think the, the movies deserve to be out there it's like if they these movies were not in Netflix for the majority of them now there's a couple up top that probably would find a way like the Mudbounds of the world mm-hmm. probably the Okjas although that's really weird they would never be never find the light of day and these people would never have you know the work it, all, it falls back on the talking talk stance of nobody sits out to make a bad movie. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, if you create this form of art, I mean, it's what it is, and somebody wants to distribute it, well, I can fly. It's like the, 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 my biggest problem with the, like, Chris Nolans who hate this kind of thing mm. and want the theater to, like, stay what it is, is, is it, I mean, this is the best example I can think of. It's like the argument about gay people, like a gay couple living across the street. And it making my marriage less important. Mm-hmm. Like, Why do you give a fuck, dude? Yeah. Just let them make their movie and put it out there. You can do whatever you want to do, and people will go see it because you're awesome at it. But why do you care if Naked is a movie? Does it make Dunkirk any worse? No. Right. Stop. It might make it better. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me appreciate it more. I mean, it's why when, when we were like beating up on movies, like I was like, well, Reality High was like legitimately the worst movie I saw last year. Like, <laughs> like no question about it. But. It wasn't made for me. I'm not the the target demographic, and not every movie, just because it's on Netflix and is a Netflix original, it doesn't get the targeted releases that like a big cinema movie gets. Mm-hmm. So like a movie like The Cloverfield Paradox would have spent like two weeks in a theater and then would have disappeared. Like life. Yeah. Yeah. You know something related. So a movie made like thirty million dollars on like a hundred million dollar budget. Right. Just, yeah. Lost money. And the people who went and saw it were really fucking excited to see it. But because this is on Netflix, people who would never give a movie like this a chance are watching it because, which is great in my opinion for exposure, but it's also going to lead to a lot more backlash because they don't have their dollars that they have to invest to uh, talk to see it. Yeah, I'm all for lowering the barriers of entry for experiencing cinema. It's just crazy to me thinking of when I was a kid, if I had like Netflix and stuff, or if I had uh, Hulu or Filmstruck, and I could have mm-hmm. watched like Jean-Luc Godard movies like way back in the day when I was a little pretentious snot. 
instead of like renting them from the library. It's like I would have been like happy as a pig and shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I mean, B I T D. You would go to Blockbuster. And it was like five dollars to rent a movie for three days. Mm-hmm. And people complain like, oh, Netflix is hiking its price up to eleven ninety nine a month. And it's like you have unlimited movies. Think of every movie you watch was $5. It's yeah. like, I get mine out of that. Or, like, you had to rent series and volumes. Volume 1 of Friends Season 7. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I'm paying for, like, the hike up to $11 is fine. I'm paying for you to be able to watch every episode of, like, Dog the Bounty Hunter you want, because it's on there. I'm not watching that shit. Yeah. So I'll pay the extra dollar for you, and you pay for, like, Ocha. It costs $50 million. Yeah. But yeah, you're going to throw in on that with me if I'm letting you watch Dog the Bounty Hunter. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's our agreement. <laughs> TJ and I actually split a Netflix account and I, I exclusively watch Dog. You have a profile called Dog. <laughs> this is just bounty shows for this profile. In order to mess up my recommends. <laughs> the continue watching is blank. I watch every episode to completion, including the credits. <laughs> the recommendations are also blank because what else is there? <laughs> Everything else is zero percent match for you. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a really easy algorithm. Is it top bounty hunter? No, zero percent. Pawn Stars was on there for a little bit, but I just thumbs down that shit as fast as I could. The only recommendation is like the watch again. Top the bounty hunter. The categories are like documentaries, gritty documentaries. <laughs> We thought you might be interested in restarting Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> How about in Spanish? <laughs> Pero. <laughs> so that was Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah, we went off on a tangent there. Can't wait to see Cloverfield Ghost Protocol. <laughs> I end my no just like um, to just to finish it up. I finished my review saying I love Cloverfield. I really loved Ten Cloverfield Lane. I wanted to love this, and I would love a Cloverfield movie that was Cloverfield from inception, mm. from mm-hmm. how it starts, um, rather than being an afterthought. I think that's a little uh, condescending to me as a Cloverfield fan to do that to me. That's all I'll say. I'll let you guys watch it and get your own opinion. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I'm, I'm a big fan, too, of both, both first movies. Yeah. I, mean, I, th- I think the first one is one of the best found footage movies mm-hmm. that's ever, I guess. T.J. Miller. Surprisingly. Miller. He filmed about half of it, apparently. Yeah. Like, actually filmed. I mean, if you got the character who's running around with a camera and you want the perspective to be from that camera, right. might as well make a fucking carry a real camera. <laughs> Turn it on. Then, uh, yeah. Didn't, was it Marlena? Is that her name? Is the girl from Mean Girls, right? Yeah, it's Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah. It's so hard to see any of their faces. Yeah. Like, after, well, she's too. Because so, yeah. I think at the time, I'd only seen her in Mean Girls and that. Yeah. And she goes from, like, goth chick to, like, super tall, like, supermodel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Supposed to be person in Cloverfield. Movie was so fun, though. It's weird. I don't think of her as girl from Mean Girls. I think of her as uh, girl party from down. Party Down. Yeah. Me too. I don't know what Party Down is. I've watched more... Her and Party Down than a Mean Girls. It's a star show with uh, Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Are we having Jane fun yet? Are we Ken Marina. It's really good. You can nice. get through it. They're 30 minute episodes. There's just two seasons. Cool. He's it's one of those like comedy series that people. Episodes. Like, it's in the Apatwegian universe only because of the people who are in it. Um, but it's, it's one of those, like, 
comedies that people will, oh yeah, party down. Recommend. From the makers of Veronica Mars. <clears throat> right. <laughs> so you get like, uh, that's why that one guy's in it. The blonde guy. Yeah. Ryan Hansen. Ryan Hansen, yeah. But uh, that's it for the watch lists, I believe. So that brings us to... <laughs> Do we just have a drop? <laughs> Wait, did... <laughs> yeah, watch that video now. <laughs> Breezy? So, does anyone have any news? Because that's what we actually do here. <laughs> I just want to talk... It's, it was uh, with the Super Bowl last week. It's, it's a big week for trailers. Um... We finally got a trailer for Solo, a Star Wars story, which... Uh, Divisive trailer. It's about damn time we got a trailer for it, since that movie is still scheduled to be released three uh, months from now. Share the tweet with the listeners and Chris and David that you shared with me. Do you remember the steps of watching a Star Wars trailer? The steps of a Star Wars movie? Oh, gosh. I'll try to look it up. Oh, uh, I remember it. Step one, it's like watching the trailer. Step two, it's like feel apprehensive about the movie. <laughs> Step three, like... Feel fine with the movie. Watch the movie. Uh, be like, oh, it was good. Then get yelled on the internet. Yelled out on the internet for liking the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But I do that with every Star Wars trailer. I watch it and I'm like, eh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm going to see it. And then you, yeah, you can go see it anyway. Uh, I will say I've, I've been very uh, vocal about my apprehension about Solo. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the trailer helped, I think. The trailer, I think, looks, I don't know, it looks better than I thought it would. It looks like a professionally executed Star Wars movie. Which is what at, I was afraid at, it would not very, be. At the very least, it's that. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know, we'll see. It doesn't tell you much about the story, which is their MO, but um, still, it's, it's fun-ish looking. Um, Any other trailers? More on the trailer tip? Uh, Mission Impossible, the new one. There's a new Mission Fallout. Impossible. Fall, yeah, Mission Impossible Fallout, which is, a, I don't like the name very much. But we, had, we had previewed both of those in the last podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Mission Impossible, It's it looks like a Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's a, there's a, they go ahead and show you a little snippet of the really dangerous Tom Cruise stunt. That will be in the movie. The one where he almost died or whatever. Actually. Do you remember that? I don't know. Oh, uh, he was jumping from like, jumping between buildings with a harness. And he didn't make the jump and the harness like came and he slammed into the building. He was... Oh, well, that's where he broke his ankle? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen that. They did show that. But there's also like the other standard like... Tom hanging from a plane. Hanging from okay. a plane movie. <laughs> or scene. So, right. yeah. Um... But yeah, he's a. Uh, I'm sure it'll be good. That's about it. What about on the Star Wars tip? Then uh, uh, yeah. the news about uh, the David Benioff and DB Cooper, <laughs> DB Weiss, DB Weiss, uh, doing a trilogy of Star Wars films. The second announced trilogy of films. Yeah, they're gonna. I don't know. I'm starting to worry a little bit about them just like oversaturating. I mean, it is possible. Well, I think part of this is is to provide content like these are maybe not going to be I've heard some some speculation that's that one of these one uh, one trilogy or the other may not be theatrically released Mm -hmm. and that it may be exclusive content for the Disney app 
to try to get people to sign up for that. That'd be good bait for it. Which, yeah, yeah. which would be, which would make sense. Or if they did, you know, there's talk of them doing a Star Wars television series. Uh, there's also talk that, that they might do a second TV series for the app as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Disney's launching this app, what, next year? Yeah, supposedly. 2019, and they're, they're going to need some content for it. Um, nice little segue to that. Something I was going to bring up is uh, the Viacom app is launching in fall, apparently. Hmm. That's MTV, Nickelodeon, and Comedy Central. It's just everybody's going to start doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be so partitioned out there. It's going to mm-hmm. be start to get expensive. You got You really got to pick and choose. Yeah. I mean, that's that's true nowadays, though. Not everybody has everything. So you share your profiles with your friends. What other news is there? Uh, we got a couple of Hollywood deaths this week. That's sad. Mm-hmm. Um, John Gavin. Remember oh, John yeah. Gavin? Uh, passed away. Psycho Spartacus. Um, and uh, one we've all seen recently is uh, Reggie Cathy passed away, too. Yeah. The House of Cards barbecue guy. Freddie. Yeah. Got yeah. a great voice. He was young. He's in his 50s. Yeah, he was on The Wire, too. He's the mayor's aide in The Wire. Mm-hmm. Is that right? I think he's he also does a shit, but not as good as Clay Davis' right. shit. <laughs> I think also uh, John Maloney, right? Frazier's dad. Mahoney. Mahoney. One headline that I laughed real hard at when I saw it was, uh, George R. R. Martin confirms there will only be seven Game of Thrones books. <laughs> it's like, well, will you fucking write one? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the, the five Stop. Re- Five written by him, and also two specialty books that people have already published. I, I can I can sympathize though. I've been in English class. You got a research paper due. If you feel really good. It's like I got the outline. I mean, it writes itself. <laughs> <laughs> I know where it's going. And then you get a Tonight Show booking. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there, right? <laughs> you got you got parties to attend. You got to be on set for the adaptation of your last. English paper so yeah well I don't know anything else they did a time frame and a uh, season count for Stranger Things 3 it's going to be an 8 episode season and uh, there will be a significant time jump that's all they've said but significant meaning like no longer kids are they the kids no they're keeping the cast so it'll probably be like early 90s I'm guessing or something yeah basically like have the kids play their actual age at this point yeah, just let them but once be like you get older from like teenagers. 15 to 18, you start looking more like an adult than you less like a kid, I guess. Yeah. But um, so that'll be fun. You want to talk about what's what's coming out or anybody got I got it pulled up. I mean, I, I think there's an easy answer here. Let's hear it. What are, what are our choices? We have uh, Early Man. It's the Wallace from and the Gromit. Wallace and Gromit people doing yeah. the caveman thing. Samson? I'm guessing biblical? Biblical, Billy Zane. <laughs> like, epic. <laughs> Wait. Billy, I thought Billy Zane, isn't he like bald in a lot of movies? Yeah. Am I making that up? No. Oh. And he's in a movie about a man whose strength well, derives from Spoiler alert, but he may end up that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there's some stuff going from uh, Limited, depending on where you live, but essentially, I mean, this is uh, Black Panther. It's Black Panther's weekend. I'm really excited to see it. Hmm. Will I pick Samson <laughs> or Black Panther? Uh, not to take anything away from Early Man, that studio does great work, and I'm sure it'll be pretty good. Yep. And it could be an Oscar nominee, honestly. Yeah. They they've done it before. Didn't uh. They've won. Bear Rabbit win. Yeah. Won. Yeah. So. 
I think Black. I think you're right. I think Black Panther but, carries. But it's Black though. Panther. Yeah, head to Wak- looks Wakanda. Wakanda. And what do you think, Chris? Black Panther. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Chewy. Uh, so if there's no other points of business, I think that's the podcast. Bye. <laughs> so this was Talkie Talk, a podcast for the media by us. Please visit the site and see our stuff. Connect with us on Twitter and Gmail. We have Facebook pages and a Facebook group. Scratch that. We have Facebook groups and a Facebook page. <laughs> the plurality was incorrect. And we love to hear from you for podcast topics. Things you can do for us to help us out in our podcasting is subscribe to the podcast and give us a review. I want to say thanks to the Willow Walkers for performing the intro music today. And thank you to Burifa for performing the outro music today. Burifa. Burifa. And uh, thanks for listening if you've made it this far, which I'm doubtful some of you did. Bye-bye. Bye. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town slowpokes, long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know. All the things that I know.